Hey, welcome back. I'm Ray Ray, the host of Shift in the Script, a podcast where we will delve into all things mental health, from individual personal journeys to professional insights, tips, and advice. We're going to cover it all. So join us as we speak with all different types of people and explore how we can help, understand, and navigate our mental health. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Good morning, everybody. This is Ray Ray from Shift in the Script. We are back today with someone extremely special that we are excited to be talking to. Um, she is a coach, a therapist, a mentor, speaker, trainer, and author. You guys, she is an incredible person with a lot of knowledge. So it is my pleasure to introduce to you Robin Harris. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. This is this is going to be epic. I'm so excited for this conversation. So I, I really wanted to start off with, um, you know, because we're a mental health podcast and how excited we are to be getting all of this information out to people, um, what is something that you noticed, because um, you're in the UK, just for people that don't may not know yet, <laughs> um, is there something in the UK that you noticed is a big issue with mental health compared to if you know a bunch of stuff that's going on in the, in the US? Do you know any difference or notice any difference? I think we're quite similar and I think a lot of things that seem to start in the US end up over here in the UK. Yeah. I think yeah. over here it's still very much around COVID and mm. the impact that the isolation has had on people and also that sense of is it even safe to go outside? I've heard people say that they're afraid that they're going to go outside and they're going to catch it. Right. And Although we may rationally know that's highly unlikely just by stepping outside your front door. Yeah. But at the same time, it's still there playing on people's minds. And there's still a lot in the media about yeah. numbers are rising again and they're possibly going to enforce wearing of masks again. And then oh. I saw a headline the other day saying, are we going to be back in lockdown again? Oh, and I think the thought of that uh, if people are kind of registering that and thinking that that may be happening in the near future is mm -hmm. really going to impact on people hard because we saw that when it was coming up to Christmas and we were, are we going to be in lockdown? Are we going to be able to have Christmas this year? Are we going to yep. be able to spend time with our families? So I think there's all of that and that sense of fear. And I think fear mm -hmm. is everywhere in lots of different guises. So yes. I think that's really what I'm noticing. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot. I think into a, a lot to unpack for people especially um who are, are nervous about this stuff. There's other reasons I think, you know, when we were talking before um before this when we had our pre-call, there was a lot uh we had a lot of conversations about, you know, the stigma that people have um around them when it comes to mental health, when it comes to, you know, um just the shaming that people feel when they go through something traumatic, whether someone thinks that it is on the outside that it is or isn't it is to that person and um that was kind of one of my my next questions was do you is there a way that people for example like survivor's guilt is there a way that uh people could kind of walk through this and maybe pinpoint something um that they may be feeling at home that could spark maybe trying to get some help does that make sense the type For of me, I often encourage people to pay attention to how they feel, which isn't always easy because a lot of the time if we're experiencing really intense emotions, we 
tend to cut off from how we feel. But even noticing that, yeah. if you notice that you're feeling numb and you're not mm. responding to things as you might expect yourself to or as other people would expect you to, or you have that sense of, I'm just not really responding or reacting yeah. in ways that yeah, yeah. seem to be normal for everybody else. Right. Right. Then that in yeah. itself can be a sign that we're carrying so much that we yeah. we're we just can't cope, and so we just cut off because it's easier yeah. in that moment not to feel it. When we do feel it, it just feels too intense. It feels too overwhelming. So it can be either extreme. It that it, it can be that I'm just feeling so much, and I just don't mm -hmm. even know where to start, or it can be I don't really feel anything there's lots going on but i'm not right. feeling it right uh or it can be symptoms yes. so physical symptoms and yeah. those are signs of there's something going on in your body mm -hmm. that maybe you're not able to express in other ways but it still comes out it's like that squeezy ball those stress balls yes yeah. if you press yeah. on them it's going to come out in lots of different directions it right. might not come out at the times we want it to or in the ways mm. we want it to it might feel very inappropriate yeah but it's going to come out in some way because it has to right right the pressure has to come off somehow yeah is that do you find that a lot with um people who have gone through trauma or things like that where it feels like they're suppressing so many emotions because of the event that is just exploding um, wherever it comes out, like you said, um, in their lives, like later down the road. And I think that could be sort of one definition of trauma, that it's too much. Right, right. And so we, ha we develop coping strategies, and one of those coping strategies can be just to numb out yeah. whatever there are lots of different ways that we can do that so yeah. to numb out to cut off from our feelings to press our feelings down but that does come out in dis-ease of some sort further down mm. the line i mean you use the word suppress yeah and suppressing yeah. our feelings leads to depression because right. it is all of that pushing down of things and if we push it down and we don't allow it to come out we don't express it in some way it's not gone away it's right. still there so what is it doing internally Right, How is right. it impacting on our well-being? Because we are making adaptations in order to cope. Right. If we're not able to express and to process our feelings that have gone inside, we're still trying to do something with them. But it's right. on a subconscious or an unconscious level. And it's yeah. still impacting on all of our systems. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like when you said that it's, it's kind of an internal thing. It, like when a lot of people think of disease, like they, like you had just mentioned, like depression is being pushing things down. Um, do you agree that like a lot, I've heard this many times from different practitioners that disease doesn't necessarily start from like the, the most ways that people think something outside coming into your body, but it, it can start within your, your mental and emotional health and the turmoil that your body's in. Is that something that you agree with? I'd say that it, pretty much all starts on the inside because it's not what happens to us. It's our response to what happens to us. Mm. And you can see two people, maybe siblings who've grown up in the same household and yeah. one is traumatized and one isn't, or two people who see an accident, one is traumatized and one isn't because it's right. not the thing, the external thing, but it's how we assign meaning to it or how we 
can or do not are not able mm. to in that moment to process it and then it's held yeah. inside and it starts to impact on us yeah absolutely so um for for people that don't know that that well i kind of mentioned that you were a therapist and you know you're a practitioner yourself um can you talk more about like the things that you do for people, like the type of practices that you do and the like the things that you do outside of necessarily typical practitioner type things? <laughs> All the work that I do is based on energy. So I work with energy in various different ways. And one of the main ways that I do that is EFT, emotional freedom technique, mm -hmm. which is also known as tapping. And basically it uses the same meridian lines as Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine. So acupuncture, acu acupressure. But as the name suggests, it's not needles, it's tapping on those points. And it's highly effective at reducing the emotional load to that we hold around an event or around associations that we have with that event. Because we take a snapshot in a moment of, you could call it trauma or stress or upset, and every time any of those things reappear, if we haven't dealt with the trauma, they can re-trigger us. And it can be something that's apparently unrelated. A colour, right. a smell. Smell is one of our mm. massive um, emotional triggers because it, it, it really brings back our memory. Right. So it's why people have PTSD, because something happens, there's a bang, or they see something, or whatever it is that they've associated with that fear, right. with that trauma. And it brings it all flooding back. Right. So what EFT does is helps to bring that down, that emotional charge. And once we have that emotional charge down and we start to feel safe, that's yeah. when we can start to process things. It's all around creating that sense of safety. So right. whatever way works for the person that I'm working with, whether it's EFT or Reiki or... Yeah. Any of those energy based because that we are energy, we are vibration yeah. and it's how to bring right. that down to that sense of safety. So right. that's one thing I do. But also before that, I look at what is somebody experiencing? What are they feeling? What are their symptoms? And then mm -hmm. start to pick those apart because our symptoms show us what exactly it is that we need. Right. Where right. is where are we not getting that need? What is that need and how do we start to address it? Right. Is it, does it show up in like specific parts of the body? Like for example, if, if your knee is swollen or something like that, or, or like you're feeling chest pain, is that like where you look at first when you're working with somebody? It's kind of even more specific than that. I look at what tissue is affected. Oh, wow. So okay. if you think of your knee, there's mm -hmm. bone and there's cartilage and there's muscle and tendons and ligaments and all sorts of things going on in there. If you think of your stomach, there are lots of different layers to your stomach. There's the lining of the stomach. There's smooth muscle in there. Right. So I look at what tissue is affected and what that tissue is doing. Is it expanding? Is it decreasing? Is it swelling? What is there heat in it? Right. Because if there is heat and inflammation and pain, chances are the body is just trying to heal. Those are actually right. symptoms of healing. We think of them as symptoms of dis-ease because they're uncomfortable. We don't right. want to feel discomfort. We don't want to feel pain. Right. But actually, they are the body healing. And if we can just support that yeah. and know how to do that in appropriate ways, then the body, the body is amazing. 
yeah. it does what it needs to do. It gets itself well when we provide the right conditions. It's like that thing they say about the flower. If the flower's not blooming, you mm -hmm. change the conditions that it's in. It needs more right. water, less water, more light, less light, whatever. Yeah. And it's the same for us. If we can give our body the right conditions, we can give it safety, we can give it the right amount of exercise, we can give it the right amount of everything else, balance, right. all of these things, it will get itself well. Unless right. we've, you know, we've gone beyond the point of being able to do that because we can't right. always heal from everything. But people heal from amazing things. Yeah, yeah. When Absolutely. we can just trust that the body and provide what the body needs, it'll do its yeah. own thing. Yeah, there was um, someone that I was speaking to before, and they were saying um, they they're a very out of the box thinker and th in like looking at Earth as is just being so small compared to the whole universe and energy and things like that. Kind of going on what you were talking about, and he was saying, you know, if you give somebody the basic needs that they need, like like um, you know, food and being able to sleep somewhere safe, just the basic things to keep alive. Um, that the body and the mind can do so much more than people think and can, can, like you said, heal from a lot of things. But when you take that away from somebody, then they go into the fight or flight and they go in and they start and their body starts to react. And then people around them start to react. Is that something that, you know, aligns with what you're, what you're talking about in ways? Absolutely. And I'm trained in Reiki and mm -hmm. For me, Reiki is just holding that vibration of love and safety and mm. inviting other people to come into that. Because when we're in that, our body just, oh, now I have the space. I, I have my own blueprint. I just needed that space in which to put that blueprint into practice. Right. It's like a tuning fork. If you hit a tuning fork and you put it on the desk, everything else is going to vibrate with that right. vibration. So yeah. if I can hold love and safety and peace, that is a healing vibration like gratitude. It's up right. right up there, the top vibrations, and that's where our body can heal. But if I'm right. holding anxiety and fear and I'm suppressing my emotions, yeah. it's still there. I'm still vibrating with that vibration and I'm passing that on to everybody. Right. And in HeartMath, they talk about entran entrainment. And mm -hmm. how if I hold a peaceful energy and I can stay in that peaceful energy, no matter what everybody else is doing around me, chances mm -hmm. are they're going to come into alignment with me because right. I'm holding that more intensely okay. than they are. Yeah. yeah. And so, more intention. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, I, someone had spoken to me about, um, they only, they only attract the people that are on their vibration level. And at first I was like, well, I don't understand that. <laughs> like people are around you all the time. And I see people that are always in need and I just want to help people. So I see people that may not be having the same vibration as me and I just want to help. Is that, how does, in, in terms of levels of that, how would you, how would, because I, I think of that as completely different levels and I don't know how to justify or how, how that makes sense to me. So me, I, I would say that's you. like what they say in manifestation. Mm. What you pay attention to, you get more of because mm. the universe sees you're thinking a lot about this thing. You must want this thing. Right. Whether you're thinking, I want more of this thing or I don't want more of this thing. The universe yeah. doesn't know the difference. 
The universe doesn't get that negation. So if you're thinking, gosh, there are so many needy people around the world, you will see needy people everywhere. It's like if you think, I'd love to buy a particular kind of car or a particular (laughs) colour of car, you're going to see that colour of car everywhere, Everywhere, all of a sudden. And if I asked you to look at a picture and say, how many red pens, you know, focus on the number of red pens in that picture, Mm. I'm going to ask you afterwards. And then afterwards, I actually say, how many blue pens were there? You were going to say, blue pens? Were there any blue pens? Yeah. But it's what you think of, whether you think I want it or think I don't want it or whatever, because your focus is on that thing, that's what you're going to attract more of into your life. Right. And if you're a caring person and you want to help people, you're going to see people that need to be helped. Right. Right. That's probably why you're seeing those people. Not necessarily (laughs) that you're thinking lack or poor or those sorts of things but probably because you care and like with this podcast you want to reach out to people on the mental health spectrum you want to talk to them you want to share information Mm -hmm. that's going to be helpful to them so you're going to be seeing those people you're going to be seeing that information and then Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to join the two right right and i think that's when the person talks about i attract the people that i want into my life you just need to think about the people that you want to spend time with yeah. And put your attention on that rather than right. on anything else. It's like yeah. that story that they say is a Native American story about the two wolves. Which wolf are you going to feed? Mm. Are you going to feed a, a, an optimistic wolf? Right. Or a pessimistic wolf? Are you going to feed a healthy wolf or an unhealthy wolf? Because whichever right. one you feed is the one that's going to get big and strong. Mm. And the one you don't feed is going to waste away. Right, right. And it's not that we don't always have a little voice in our heads that's maybe telling us stuff we don't want to hear. But if it's making us uncomfortable, that's going back to what I was saying at the beginning. Listen to how you feel. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I call it a body vocabulary. If if you're saying things or listening to things or spending time with people that just make you feel weighed down and depressed and no energy and (sighs) apathetic and all of those things that we don't want to feel. That's an indication that those things aren't serving you. Interesting. Okay, that makes perfect sense. I was gonna. A lot of people say I'm. What is it? Empathic, where because I, I do feel a lot of energy from people, mm-hmm. and most recently it's it's been hard. It feels like feels like I'm walking through sludge sometimes when I'm trying to help, and it doesn't seem to help. And so then I feel bad stepping away, but it's trying to preserve my energy and being able to get through the day. Um, if so, kind of going on what you were talking about before, if someone is stuck in, let's say, a traumatic event or some something was triggering them into something that happened in their past, even if it was when they were four, five, six years old, as an adult, is that because it's happened to them, but it's laid dormant a lot of their life, and then all of a sudden it's coming up, is that because suddenly something's triggering it and now they're thinking about it and they can't get out of that cycle? Is that where that lands? If something happened at four or five, they're probably not even thinking about it on a conscious level. Mm, But something has happened that has made that memory or that vibration, that energy, has brought it back into the present for that person. Mm. So, like I was saying, it can be something like a look. It doesn't yeah. have to be words particularly or whatever, but say you were a young child and a parent looked at you 
And they might just have been really tired, but as a young yeah. child, you don't really know the difference. You just know happy, sad. Right, you don't right. have any nuances. So is that a smiley face or is it another type of face? Mm. If it's another type of face, parent caregiver is unhappy and they're probably unhappy with me. We internalize that because when we're tiny, our world revolves around us. Right. You right. know, I just have to cry and somebody comes, they feed me, they change me, they make sure I'm warm. Right. But equally then, if things don't go the way that I want, so it's not just what happens, but what doesn't happen. So mm. if I don't get the care and attention, there's something wrong with me. Right. It's not that Makes I've sense. done something, it's that it's me that's wrong. So right. that's when shame comes in. So if we're a really tiny child, we don't store that as verbal memories because right. we don't have that capacity yet and we don't process right. it because we don't have that capacity yet until about seven, eight, Yeah. when we start to develop that. So where okay. it gets stored is in our memory, our physical memory, our cellular memory. So it's not necessarily that somebody says something, it's just that we feel right. something that reminds us or we see face. So if I see a stern face or an unhappy face, I could just yeah. go right back into it's all me. So if I mm -hmm. see somebody unhappy, say at work, say my boss calls me into the office and they're looking a bit unhappy, it might not yeah. be me at all. Maybe they've right, just spilled right. coffee over their whole papers. And, <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. or, you know, the computer has crashed and they've lost all the work they did that morning. Ugh, I'm yeah. thinking, what have I done? Yeah. Because I'm taking it as anytime I see that face, it's my fault. I'm in trouble. Right. right. And this is where we can have trauma from that age that mm -hmm. we're not consciously aware of. Right. But it's still playing out. Mm -hmm. in our lives and still impacting on us and our well-being yeah yeah is that is that something i've heard a lot of people say that they they're just going to push it away they're gonna they're gonna put it away it's not gonna i'm not gonna i'm just gonna say this is it in my mind i'm just gonna say this is it it's not gonna impact me anymore um and you know kind of going back on your the the manifestation and saying you know what you think about does come to fruition if someone says and they're able to, which I'm, I would be very surprised if they're able to, but say that they're done thinking about this and they're shutting it away and that's it. Does that really go away even though they're not thinking about it? And then it but just pops are. up random? They yeah. are thinking about it. They're thinking, I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to think about <laughs> yeah, that. True. Yeah. And like yeah. I said, the universe doesn't understand that negation. The universe mm. just gets, oh, you're still thinking about that thing. You still want yeah. that thing in your life? Okay, then I will bring it into your life. Because that's right. the vibration you're holding. Okay. And like I was saying, we, when we push things down, push them away, push them down, whatever, mm -hmm. they don't go away. They're still right. there. They're there until we've processed them. But right. they're there until we've processed them for a reason. Because mm. in processing them, we learn and we grow. We right. find out more about who we really are. And then we can be that. And when we can be that, we're more comfortable in our own skin. Right. We're happier. We're healthier. We're right. free. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's so much, you know, we, we talked about COVID in the beginning. There's so much going on around us, whether it be COVID, whether it be, you know, racism, whether it be just phobia of something or, and I feel like a lot of hate comes from a lack of understanding of what whoever it is that may be presenting that to you or whatever. Um, and almost like they're scared to acknowledge that someone's different 
Is that is that how you would kind of look at that, and, and especially with things going on right now? It, just as you were leading up to saying that, I was going, and fear, and fear, and then you said they're scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think if we understood, if we had the understanding, if we had the knowledge and the information about everything out there, Mm. it would just be it's different right i wouldn't feel threatened by it right i would know that you choose to do that that's absolutely fine i choose to do this that's absolutely mm -hmm. fine and what you choose to do doesn't have to impact on me right and right. it's like we've been talking about with manifestation and so on i just mm. don't have to feed that thing that energy right. i can just yep yeah, off you go do your thing that makes you yeah. happy that's that's right for you yeah. and i give myself permission to do what's right for me so it's just allowing just and as jack cornfield says just letting be so mm. i let you be who you need to be but i give myself permission and let me be who i need to be and right. if we could all be like that mm -hmm. and we could then just again going back to what you were mentioning before I just attract the people who are the right vibration for me and you attract right. the people who are the right vibration to you. And somewhere in it all, we all find our place. Right, right. If you look at nature, because I love looking at nature for her sure. wisdom, and you yeah. see all of the different animals and species and insects and plants and everything that's out there, they all find their own space. They right. don't all get on all of the time. Right. Because one will encroach on the other, but they will right. find a way yeah. to find their own niche and live in that niche right or right. negotiate the boundaries right which makes sense it just brings harmony to the animal and the the, the chain of everything and i think i think <laughs> if people could sit back and take a look at it like you do and, and look at nature as such as a teacher in in all aspects of just life in general i think more people could learn from things that they kind of shun or they just destroy in many aspects. They're destroying nature and, and things like that so that man-made things can grow. And I think that's, too, something to look at and kind of compare to people in general. Like if you're trying to create something that isn't there instead of letting other people flourish um, for who they are, it says, one, it says a lot of things about you, but then it also says, you know, wh how are people going to, you know, be with you? How how do you expect people to be okay and live their life around you if you're trying to create something so vastly different that could potentially harm people? So I love that, that you speak about nature and, and learning. That's, I, I just really like it. So many people don't look at life that way. And that's a huge part, a huge, huge part of this earth and who we are. So I love that. And you look at nature in all her variety and how allowing she is. Yeah. Oh, it's just another way of expressing. Let, right. Let's try that for a while. That's fine. We'll go with that. And you think yeah. how boring it would be if everything was the same. Uh, yeah. Equally for ourselves. Yeah. We need different people. We need people who want to do different things yeah. for a career or whatever. Yeah. Because we couldn't all be the same. Right. Right. If we were all dogs or we were all... CEOs or it yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. Who would take yeah. out the trash? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How would the world turn? Re yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It gets crazy. It gets so crazy when you think about that. Is there, is there a particular group of people that you've noticed um, 
I know for us in the in the U.S. right now, the trans community is being attacked. And yeah. prior to that, it was the you know the um, black community that was being shunned and attacked. And then you know prior to that, it was when the COVID pandemic was happening, um, or in its big peak, it was you know the Asian community. Is there a big um, or is there a community currently in the U.K. that's kind of being looked at in a bad light? that you notice as things pass along, it goes to another community. Is there someone or a community currently? I think trans here too. Yeah. There's so much in the media about trans and it's such a challenge to a lot of people. Mm. I think maybe generationally, it's a big leap for some people. Yeah. Because yeah. it's been such a no-no for so long mm -hmm. and it's been so hidden in some ways or certainly in certain sectors of the community i think because it kind of yeah. went underground or into its own little silo mm -hmm. which meant that other people weren't aware and didn't get to grow up alongside of that and see yeah it's no big deal right right yeah again if that's what works for you in your life go for it right if that's what makes you happy if that's what makes you feel fulfilled if that's yeah. what sets you free and allows you to be you yeah yeah, I think, like you said, I, in just talking prior, that every it comes down to I think people being scared and not knowing, and the unknown is what is scary, and people run away from, or they run head like straight on at it, head on, and but with fear and hate instead of yeah. open arms and acceptance and wanting to learn. And I think that's, you know, especially in the mental health field, I think because there's so many disorders that people have or so many you know things that are they're being labeled as um, people are so scared and they may see someone who's different and who may for example somebody who has like down syndrome or somebody who has who who's autistic or who may have like tics things like that and then they get made fun of instead of understanding this is their body reacting to something hmm. and things like that do you notice that there's a lot of judgment on that where you are absolutely and i think attack is the best form of defense so when mm. somebody is attacking it's because they're feeling threatened so they're getting defensive right whereas if we didn't need to right. feel defensive maybe there would be less of that sense of i need to attack i need to protect i need to and also i think there's maybe it's to do with the fact that a lot of us don't feel good enough mm. and so how do i make myself feel better I make myself feel bigger than somebody else. But in order to do that, I have to put the somebody else down. Right. right. So every group will have its kind of like, well, I'm above you. So, mm -hmm. and that comes into race and it comes into sexuality and gender and it comes into mm -hmm. disability. Yeah. And also, I think the way the world is constructed, certainly here in the UK, because you have to bid for money for grants for, you know, if you're mm. a charity and you're trying to support people. Yeah. So you have to shout the loudest and show your yeah. need is the right. most, it's the biggest, it's the greatest. Right. But in doing that, what impact does that have on everybody else around you? And right. then it gets very competitive. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff around whether competition is good or not and mm -hmm. how you handle that in schools and so on. Yeah. I just wish we could find a way to celebrate people's people yeah 
yeah and and their effort and what they do and who they are rather than what they've how they can be better than somebody else right right or their their advantages versus disadvantages yeah there's just there's just so much like putting box people in boxes instead of letting people be who they are and the and labels to recognize that people are our unconditioned our unconscious our mm. unconscious bias and our privilege yes yes 100 percent. that we actually i had a conversation with someone um that i worked with and uh she had made a statement because i was explaining something that had happened to me and and you know when i'm in the summer i get very dark um so i'm a mix of um mayan indian and honduran so i in the summer i get very tan and so i've had experiences where um you know i'll walk into a store or something and someone just doesn't like the way I look, so I'll get followed around the store because they're assuming that I'm stealing something. Yeah. Things like that. Or um, just treated differently because of the way I look or things like that. And someone had said to me, which I knew was not meant to be uh, in a bad way, but as they said, I don't see color. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, okay, let's have this conversation. Because this, to me, it's a point where people can speak about their their, how they're seeing things and then how I see something very different. And I think yeah. a lot of people need to have those conversations mm -hmm. in order for this, all of this, like we say, to not disappear, but for more understanding. Um, you know, we, we always say, for example, when the, um, the black community was under, um, under attack, that, that it was up to the black person to explain their situation instead of, you know, someone who isn't black saying, can you tell me about your experiences? How can I help? How is there something? How can I make a difference to help you? Instead of saying, you know, it's your responsibility to do this, this and this. What's your thoughts on that? I think, yes, I wish we could have those conversations. And I wish those conversations mm. weren't so fraught with yeah. risk. Yeah. Yep. And I wish that people felt safe to have those conversations because the white folks probably don't feel safe to ask and the black folks probably don't feel safe to speak up. Having probably right. spoken up loads of times and, you know, mm. tried to put across the different perspectives and then been shot down. Yeah. Not listened to, yep. trampled over, whatever, because we have quite right. a history of that. So to create something where... And I watched um, Gabor Mate's uh, trauma movie. There was mm -hmm. a series of shorter films, videos that went alongside of that. And there were groups. There was a, a native people's group. There was a black mm. people's group. I think there may have been a women's group as well. But they mm -hmm. talked about how they need to come together first. Yes. And to create safe spaces for themselves that they can then go out from but know that they can go back to. Yes. Yep. So I would love to see something like that. And I'm from Northern Ireland originally. So grew yeah. up in the Troubles. And the whole idea of opposite sides, Catholics and Protestants. And there was a yeah. lot of work around trying to bring those two communities together. Mm -hmm. Not saying that it has been entirely successful, but to right. have stuff like that where there could be safe spaces for people to come together from whatever different backgrounds and to yeah. start talking and it might need facilitation mediation 
to yep. enable that to be for both sides to be heard, for both sides mm. to be able to put their their perspective and to yeah. be listened to and heard and respected. Yep. And for that then to be shared mm. so that everybody can know. And it's not just a a once for one place and then has to be recreated. But, you know, like when you have to tell your story, how many yeah. times? Yes, yes, yes. But if yep. there could be some way of giving that voice to different groups, but that it could be shared yeah. and supported and respected. Yeah, 100%. I like that you said uh, respected at the end, because I think a lot of people may say that they want to learn, they want to do different, they want to be better, but yeah. they still lack the respect for that person for being a person. And I like that, that creating that community of let's, let's come together, let's learn about each other, spread what we've learned and come back so we can learn more. I think that's incredibly important for people to look at that. It doesn't have to be one side or the other. And this person has to do this. And this person has to do that instead coming together. You're just, you're just going to create more of a bond too with people and, and that's, leading by example. I mean, it's about coming with an open mind as well, mm. because we often have this unconscious bias and yeah. we think that our, our way, the way I've grown up, that's the right way. Because it right. feels right to us, because it's it's our norm. Right. But somebody else's way of growing up was probably quite different. Their norm is quite different. They'll look at what I yeah. do and think, why do you do that? That's weird. <laughs> That's odd. That's wrong. Right, right. Fine. But how do we then come together and listen without that? That's wrong. Right. We just have these filters, but to make those filters maybe more conscious. Right. So that I'm saying that's, I'm feeling that's wrong, but it isn't. It's just different. Okay, mm -hmm. how can I appreciate? And I cannot step 100% into your shoes. I don't know right. what it was like growing up in mm -hmm. the States, in right. your environment. I don't know what that's like. Right. I, I'm very happy to sit and listen, but I still cannot fully appreciate. Mm -hmm. I can hear and hopefully I can hear on a certain level, but I don't know what it's like. Right. I don't know what the experience was for you. Yeah, yeah. So and it, I think, it, does, and it gets challenging. Yeah, absolutely. And I think taking that moment to to recognize that and not overly saying, you know, oh, I get it. I totally understand. Because you, like you said, you can't 100% understand. But like you said, coming back with an open mind and listening. And I think people, there's two different listeners, in my opinion, someone who's listening to try to understand what you're talking about and truly actively listening to you. And then there's somebody who can listen to you and they're trying to think of the next thing to say instead of listening to understand. And yeah. I find a lot of people do that, especially one in a debate or one in having a, a heated conversation or just a, a, a like high energy conversation, you know, and, and they're want, wanting to one up the next person or, the, or beat the other person what they're saying or whatever. You know what I mean? I think yeah, I can trump that with this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard it's hard for people and I I try to recently I heard this probably in the last couple months is learning to be trying to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable mm -hmm. so that your body, your mind, your soul can grow and and just expand because when you're keeping it to yourself, you're not necessarily able to share it with other people. And that was kind of one of the last things I wanted to your your thoughts and opinions on was I see a lot of people draining their cup completely 
not taking care of themselves, saying, I will do whatever it is, whatever I have to do, and work to the bone to try to provide for this person, that person, or my family, for example. Um, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, a, a lot of people think, you know, you have to keep a level cup. You have to be able to take some, give some, things like that. Some people, like in the older, my older generation of people that I know, they're just like, ah, oh, you, can, you can sleep when you're dead. You know, I'm just going to go, 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 go. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I don't think that's sustainable. And I yep. think that will probably make us either just drop down from exhaustion mm. or mm -hmm. actually feel ill, get ill. And yeah. then we've nothing left to give. Right. And I think Gabor Mate talks about how he became a physician because mm. he needed to be needed because of his yeah. trauma. Yep. And so I think it's always interesting, I mean, having open mind about ourselves as well and being reflective. Why why sure. am I doing this? What are, what is the benefit for me? What is it giving yeah. me? Because It'll always be there and it's not a judgment. It's not to say, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. Gabor Mate shouldn't have been a doctor because he just wanted attention. No, <laughs> right. not at all. Right. But it's making these things conscious again, I think. Yeah. And once we realize, oh, I'm doing this because I didn't have the, I didn't feel I had this as a child. So I feel mm. I need to give, 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 or I don't feel I'm good enough. So I have to prove myself or whatever it might be. And I think we've all got something. Yeah. But being conscious of that, because I learned from that. And then yeah. hopefully I'm even better yeah. as at a, being a practitioner or whatever it is mm -hmm. because I'm more aware and I'm more sensitive and I'm more listening and I'm more understanding that, oh, right, you see it this way because because I've, if I've reflected on myself and I have that emotional intelligence and agility yeah. and flexibility, then I can understand your situation a little bit better. Mm. Yeah. Because, and also, if I'm compassionate with myself, I can be compassionate with somebody else. So you're doing something that I find really challenging and uncomfortable, but I understand why you're doing it. Right. right. And I don't need to take it personally because, yeah, I've been there. I've done that sort of thing. And I'm sure I hurt people around me. Mm -hmm. But I was actually trying to do the best. I was doing the best I knew. And this right. is something that I really you know it's hit home to me i heard it years ago and i never really quite believed it and then yeah i realized it's so true we are all doing the best that we can with the resources that we have access to right. even if from the outside that looks appalling <laughs> yeah, we yeah, are yeah. still actually yeah. so it's having that understanding and that compassion and i think it, it it's kind of chicken and egg does it come for the other person first does it come towards ourselves first but i right. think it's probably a mixture of both and, yeah. and knowing that compassion, I know that I had a boss years ago and he was so amazing at helping me to see myself in a much more compassionate way. Yeah. Yeah. So I having it role modeled and, and given to us, I think really helps. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like the thought of having mentors and they don't have to be like the huge sports people or the like the famous people or like that, but just someone that you look up to. Someone that you can learn from, someone that can, you know, lead by, you can look at their example that they're leading in their lives and say, I want to be like that. I want to talk to them. Those are the people, like we kind of mentioned in the beginning, those are the people that I want to attract around me. Do I have, what is it, your 
something about the your your who you surround yourself with or the top five the people, people the, that you... the five people you spend most time with yeah 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 i heard that and i was like oh my god that totally makes sense like <laughs> back in the day i was not i was i mean i was i was a good person i've always been a, i try to be a good person but i also fell into a point where i was just surrounding myself with people that just didn't care and i was yeah. constantly trying to pick them up and do better and i was it was so exhausting and then you know, once I found, once I was introduced to Caden and, and my wife Elizabeth and people who were just trying to help and bring people up, my whole world changed. And you know, it it's huge. The the energy that you're talking about, the vibration that you you know, and you working with people, this is incredibly important work. And I think, you know, the more people that open their minds to what you do and what other practitioners do and potentially what other people do that aren't the typical Western medicine and throwing, you know, medications and chemicals at you instead of healing from within. I mean, it could change vastly. But all healing think. comes from within. Yeah. It may yeah. be supported by medications or whatever, right. right? but it comes from within. Yeah. Until we do the work, there's really nothing. I mean, yes, we can put band-aids on things with medications, but that's literally what it is to me anyway. It's band-aids. And once I started to do the work, once I realized I was the problem and realized and owning my my downfalls and things that I could improve, a lot of other things fell into place. It's just owning it and it and it it's hard. It's very hard to do that. It's not easy. But it's it not, happen. but it's it's so empowering because if I realize that my challenges are mine. Yes. And I don't like to say that it's my fault or that I've created them, but the, mm. the adaptations that I felt I needed to make in my life have created these problems. Right. But I can deal with them. Mm -hmm. I have the resources. I have everything I need. And, and that may include, include going outside and asking for help. It's not to say, right. I have to do this all on my own. Yes. It's not about that, but it's about I'm the one. Mm -hmm. Nobody else can do this for me. I'm the one who knows this from the inside out. I know how I feel and how I want to feel. I am the one who gets to do this. Yeah, yeah. Challenging as it may be, but no growth comes without that challenge. Right. Yeah, that's. I'm so glad you said that. There was someone. The last one of the last things I heard before actually coming on here was the you don't necessarily grow with everything good that's happening in your life. It's everything that you quote unquote fail at or things that you feel like you're failing at. It's not a failure. It's a lesson and it's something that you can grow with. So that, that, that's an amazing ending. Actually. I think that like people can really learn from their own actions. They can learn from mentors and people like yourself who do provide services and, and, are there to help people grow, but really honing into their, their own feelings and how they portray themselves to the world too. Cause you're going to get back what you, you know, you're going to receive what you put out. And a lot of people don't believe that, but I think, you know, you're a perfect example of it and, and what you do and how you're leading your life. And I try, I try to do that. Caden tries to do that with the podcast. Uh, we're trying to help as many people get as many, um, you know, people who want to tell their stories out there so that they can, you know, other people can feel that energy and, and pull themselves up too. And we're trying in, in like the big grand scheme of things to create a community, not just 
the single podcast, not just, you know, have a line, a whole line of guests and incredible people on our show, but to create that community for people to come to and feel comfortable and sharing their stories. So, I mean, I think it's super important and I really hope people take a look at what you do and reach out to you if there's any questions that they have. Um, and at the end of all of our shows, I have a five kind of like a five question speed round fun thing. So it's just so, so our uh, listeners get to know our guests on a, on a personal fun level. So, um, so the first question that I have for you, Robin, what is, if you were on a long trip, what is the type of music, your favorite type of music that you would listen to? Oh, I have, I, it would need to be a variety. I just yeah. love different stuff I can sing along to. Yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. All right. Um, if, where would you go if there was a place that you haven't been to, where would you want to go the most? Oh, I've been to Italy, but I haven't Ooh. been to Florence. I'd love to go to Florence. Yeah. I've heard that's a beautiful place. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, what was your childhood dream job? I wanted to be a sign language interpreter. That's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> and I did when it. did that start? That's, the dream. that's amazing. I, I don't know when the dream started. I know I always wanted to learn sign language. And then probably mm. I wanted to be an interpreter from my mid-teens. That's awesome. And when did, is, the, is that when you started learning sign language in your, in your teenage years? Uh, 16, I think. 15, 16, wow. something like that. That's amazing. That's so cool. I definitely want to learn sign language too. Um, okay, if you had one last meal... What would you eat? Could be a variety of things, or it could be one specific type of meal. It would have to be something vegan, just something really mm. tasty. Maybe a curry, something yeah. with a lot of flavors. Not too hot. I like the flavors rather than the heat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, and then what I usually do for a guest, the last, the get get two minutes. I can't remember if I told you about this before, but something we're starting now. So everybody on the podcast all of our guests get two minutes i start a clock and this is the question for two minutes the whole world ha you have the whole world's attention nobody else gets to speak nobody gets to say anything the the camera's on you is there something that you would say that you would want people to pay attention to or is there a statement that you would say and you know you get the podcast for the next two minutes ready Go great ahead. question i would love to say to people your body doesn't make mistakes it doesn't go wrong and it doesn't attack itself. What it does is it makes adaptations. But sometimes those adaptations, they're a bit like a spare tire on a car. So we swap it out when we have a puncture or a trauma and we're only supposed to get to the next repair center, garage, mm. whatever. But we don't. We end up driving around on that spare wheel. And that spare wheel isn't a full wheel. So it makes the car, our vehicle, our body a little bit out of balance and right. that can lead to disease. But if we know that and we can address that, then the body will put itself right. It'll find mm. its own balance when we provide the right environment for it to do that, when we provide that safety. And we don't need to be afraid of disease. Disease is just learning, it's just growth. And we think that microbes and bacteria and fungi are things that cause disease. They're not, they're actually helpers because they help our body to detox. 
That's what the symptoms are. We think it's symptoms of disease, but it's symptoms of healing. And those microbes are actually supporting our body. Yeah, that's awesome. Perfect, perfect, perfect way to end this episode. So, Robin, is there a way if people wanted to talk to you more about something that you had mentioned on the show or maybe follow you on a platform, is there a way that guests can get a hold of you? Absolutely. You can go to my website, which is uh, equenergy.com, E-Q-U-E-N-E-R-G-Y.com. And the second tab across from the top is how you can connect with me. You can book a Zoom call, you can email me, you can fill in the form or WhatsApp me. And uh, you can also find over under resources, you can find all my links. Awesome. There, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So this this has honestly been an incredible interview. I have loved it. Um, everybody who's listening, all of our guests, please pay attention and, and listen, really listen to what Robin is saying because I feel like there's many people who need to hear this message, that there's there's people out there that are suffering um, that could really learn from Robin and the way she thinks and, the way, and what she brings to this world is, is super, super important. So if you have any questions, please reach out to her. If you have any questions for me or you need assistance in anything, feel free to reach out to Kate and I. Uh, we are always here. We are always wanting to talk to you. If you know anybody who wants to be on the podcast, please send us a message um, and we will talk to you guys soon. All right. Thank you, Robin. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and taking time. Thank you, Ray Ray. It's been brilliant being here. I've loved our conversation. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Shift in the Script, the mental health podcast that aims to destigmatize mental health and create a safe space for open and honest conversations. We hope today's episode has brought you some insights and perspectives on various mental health issues. If you or someone you know would like to share their story or expertise on our podcast, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us on our website or social media channels to learn more about how you can become a guest on Shift in the Script. And remember, mental health is a journey. It's not a destination. Talking about it is the first step towards creating a more supportive and understanding world. Let's continue to support and uplift one another as we shift the script on mental health. See you next time.